live in Nashville, Tennessee. You are listening to the Nashville Daily Podcast. Nashville's number one daily podcast. Brought to you by Think Nashville. Think Nashville. Think Brad. Think Brad. It's Nashville Daily Podcast. Good morning, Nashville, and welcome to the Nashville Daily Podcast. I am the co-host, Stuart Deming. Today's episode is brought to you by Brad Reynolds. If you're looking for real estate in the Middle Tennessee market, make sure to contact him at thinkbrad.com, 615-856-3270. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Metro Council and how they just voted yes for Nissan Stadium. This is the first of three yeses. They have three votes that they have to vote through. Aaron? Before we get to that, how are you doing this morning? I need more caffeine, but I am doing great. You told me this morning you made a pot of coffee at 8, 8 p.m. last night. I and I'm did. Like, I do not understand. <laughs> I did. I made a pot of coffee at 8 p.m. It was like one of those days where, or one of those, I guess, evenings where I was like, okay, I know I need to spend like a couple hours on the computer. And so I was like, either I'm going to fall asleep on the computer or I'm going to make a pot of coffee and I'm going to be just fine. Uh, so I was just fine. Now I'm not. So that's the price of you're, getting you're older. regretting it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was Blessed Day Coffee and it was very good. So yeah, that's, you one know, of our, that's one of our sponsors. Yeah, no, no regrets. Yeah. No regrets there. I'm drinking um, out of the mug consistently. There you go. Bless day coffee. Um, but yeah, there's going to be today's a really, really cool episode because rarely do we get to talk about the political scene, the music scene and the business scene all in all one. in one day. But thanks to our guest, Jamie Kent, we can. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. So good to be back. Jamie, this is your third or fourth time coming on the show. Yep. The first time we had you on the show was like episode, I don't even know, three something, 300 and something. <laughs> And we recorded outside of Just Love Coffee on Demumbrian Street. That's right. And uh, that was like in the middle of. Was this pre or post COVID? It was post. post Might have been in the middle of. Because you and I met at the racetrack. Yes. Uh, That's where we met. Oh, that's right. So it was post COVID. COVID, Yeah. Because of Dr. Caldwell. Yep. Yep. And yeah, so it had to be. It was sometime. 2020, we'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then you came on uh, the show again, and you were one of the first ones in this studio. And it was a way different experience, way different cameras, and now you're did, here did again. Did we have cameras that time? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I literally I couldn't even remember. Yeah. That was like probably you would have been one of the first yeah. episodes then to have cameras. That's I've watched, I've I've watched the great me. ascent of the Nashville Daily <laughs> Podcast over the last three years, and I'm so proud of you guys. Thanks, man. Thanks. Now, now you have coffee sponsors and realtor sponsors. Well, let's talk about our other sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about our sponsors. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bowtie Barber Club. If you're looking for a haircut in the Donaldson community, make sure to head to bowtiebarberclub.com. That's our other sponsor. Oh, do they there trim you your beard? Yeah. They're the only ones I trust in town to with trim my the beard. beard. <laughs> so just a quick side topic real quick my beard is about to celebrate its bearded beard anniversary 10 years right 10 years on november 1st of this year wow crazy to think about Uh uh-huh typically on my beard anniversary i go and i I get the works like that just i get cleaned up look good and uh on my sixth year beard no fifth year beard anniversary i went to a local place here in town and they shaved up instead of down on my beard and it wrecked it. Oh. It was so bad. So oh. bowtiebarberclub.com, they're the only people I trust. <laughs> Jamie, you are a entrepreneur. You are, would you technically consider yourself a lobbyist at some point? Yeah. A I, lobbyist. Yeah, and an and artist. And an artist. 
Yep. How, how do you wear all of these multiple hats? And by the way, your hat game is always so strong. <laughs> yes, I, I'm a fan of wearing wearing lots of hats, both uh, physically and <laughs> metaphorically. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I love to stay busy. I love to learn. I love to uh, help my community in whatever ways I can. And and. I always have followed the energy wherever it leads. And over the last few years, it's led from being a full-time touring artist to lobbying on something that I was really passionate about, uh, to launching my own business. And, uh, and they all sort of, uh, create this pretty cool ecosystem to, to what I do and they benefit each other and supplement each other. And, uh, and I think help each other to, towards moving forward to, to what, what I do, I guess. Be- before we get into the lobbying thing that you did, which was really fascinating how that progressed through Nashville and then went to the state level, what are your thoughts on the brand new Titan Stadium? Mm. Well, I am always looking and thinking about things that are happening on a metro or state level through the lens of how does this impact our creative community? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm a big advocate for that, and I feel like our creative community is kind of getting left behind right now in this explosive economic development that's happening here, even though we're the cause of a lot of this explosive (laughs) economic development. So that is sort of this, this, where I think we're at this creative crisis that we have to address. And, And so as I look at the Titan Stadium deal, you know, I, there's people that are a lot smarter than me with more expertise on the nuances of stadium deals in general that have plenty of great arguments on both sides. Um, but in terms of just an economic development deal, I like that this takes the burden off of us local taxpayers mm-hmm. in the, the to foot the bill of uh, all the... Um, improvements that are going to have to happen to this stadium because that's money that from our general fund in Metro that could go to things like the creative community and yeah. increasing the budget to Metro arts or creating this new, uh, music film and TV commission. So there's a lot of things which that need really, funding. Which is really interesting. Cause we just had Jeff Syracuse on. Yep. I want to have you and Jeff Syracuse on another show <laughs> together yeah. to talk about that. Let's do it. Well, there's, like I said, there's, there's, there's a lot of controversy behind yeah. this, oh, no this doubt. film and entertainment yeah. commission. Well, and, and, you know, in, in previous talks that, that we've had off air, you said Nashville's investment through the Arts Foundation is is probably smaller compared to a lot of other cities out there. Yeah, it's crazy once you get into the, to the numbers of it. I think... Um, uh, the last I read, the Nashville's civic investment in the arts is like $4.50 per capita when you compare it to like $20 per capita in Austin and $30 in Charlotte and places that you're like, whoa, you know, in the fact that we don't have a uh, music commission right now, uh, I haven't had one for 15 years or so, and yet we are Music City USA, and all of these other small cities have them and they're supporting it. So it's just, there's... It's an it's a problem, but it's also a great opportunity for us to create a solution uh, to really support our community that needs it right now. And I think the pandemic kind of exposed the issue really and, mm-hmm. and shown that spotlight on it. So one of the things that we talked about just before the show, and I think this is a, the right time to talk about it, is this new series that you're you're doing with uh, the Noel Hotel um, and all of the people that are involved in this. Seems like a nice little 
you know, I don't want to say coalition, but, um, you, you know, a nice little group of people who can come together and talk about the issues from a lot of different standpoints. Can you talk about what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So on April 26th, I'm going to be hosting a dinner at uh, the restaurant in Noel uh, for their Innovators series. And the theme of the night is economic development and how artists can come together to create better communities. And I've got a few uh, co-hosts that are going to be helping drive conversations at different tables. Uh, i got Jill Palm from the Arts and Business Council. Jeff Syracuse is one. And then Mike Kopp, who is Ben Fold's manager and uh, an amazing expert in economic development, former Dep- deputy secretary, I believe, for the state of Tennessee in economic development. So, uh, there's, we all come come at it from different perspectives yeah. uh, on how we can bring artists together, whether it's from a legislative standpoint, from a grassroots standpoint, from a lobbying standpoint, um, or just from a funding standpoint. And I, I think that these are conversations that really need to happen. And I uh, really encourage folks to come to this dinner and be a part of these conversations because I think that's going to take like a think tank of people invested in this and care about this to create a, a lot of different solutions to help support our community. Is that going to be like uh, uh, the feel of a singer songwriter round, but with a, a little bit of a, yeah, yes, but with exactly. a little bit different twist to it? That's right. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's so a, like I instead of I a writer's round, it's this. an idea round, yeah, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> idea round. You, have to, you need a trademark <laughs> right now. You have to, you have to play and Nick, come up with your ideas. Yeah. You can only pitch your ideas while playing right. guitar or piano. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or a saxophone. Yeah. You have to do the pitch. <laughs> so, Jamie, you, you initially moved here. You, you've been in Nashville for over 10 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you moved here to pursue music. Yep. And you're from the Northeast. Yep. And you did that for a while. And then over the last few years, you became the lobbyist. <laughs> And Jamie Kent, the lobbyist. That's, that should be on your uh, business yeah. card. Uh, uh, so walk us through that journey and what caused you to lobby with the city of Nashville and then to the state of Tennessee. Yeah. So, you know, I think the pandemic had all sorts of silver linings to it. And this was one of them for me um, where, you know, I was touring 150 days a year prior to it and it sort of put a pause on that and made me evaluate things and evaluate how I want to utilize my voice as an artist from the sidelines and I thought well I'd like to I'd like to get involved in something I'm passionate about and um, it the pandemic began and a group of us came together to produce this telethon for music cares and we were just like we got to do something and then through that I got connected to this national organization called smoke free music cities and they uh, were advocating to create smoke free workplaces for musicians in other cities and they had done great work in Austin in New Orleans in Atlanta and I had no idea about what they were doing but I battled asthma since I was a kid and playing in these smoke filled venues was always a nightmare for me I'd lose my voice I'd have to cancel the show the next day my merch would stink and so it was sort of this the whole world came together and I was like whoa this is inspiring. Why don't we do this here in Nashville? And so we started this coalition called Musicians for a Smoke-Free Nashville, and it just snowballed. And we went from uh, them, myself, the Department of Health, a bunch of musicians, and pretty soon we had like 80 members in the course of like six months. We helped Nissan Stadium go smoke-free. But in that process, we realized that this thing called preemption exists where, uh, and across the board and a million different things, uh, 
cities don't have the ability to change certain laws because of state law. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we realized that in order for a place like Nashville to pass a smoke-free law that covers all workplaces, including music venues and bars, a law needed to change at the state level first. And I was like, well... Who else is going to do it? I, I better learn. And so that's when I sort of put on that lobbying cap, learned the ins and outs of it, failed a bunch, and then uh, learned some more. And our momentum kept building and the coalition kept building. And I kind of learned the political landscape and how you get things done. Um, and we created this piece of legislation that repealed this part of preemption and gave control back to, to cities like Nashville and Memphis and Knoxville. And we got bipartisan support, and it was this kind of beautiful thing that uh, it learned in that it kind of came full circle back to Nashville, to which last week on March 1st, the uh, effective became smoke-free in 50-plus uh, bars and venues uh, wow. because they, they Jeff Syracuse introduced an ordinance last fall, which passed because we passed the state law that enabled it. So it's this wildly complex <laughs> but really cool, and uh, I, I, don't know, I, I never thought that I would go from artist to lobbyist and uh, policy nerd, but it happened in, <laughs> over the course of the last two years, and I want to utilize that to help the, uh, the creative community in as many ways as I can because of it. Well, what's the biggest thing you learned from going through that journey? I think that that there is a specific way l- laws are passed and progress is made in that way that I think oftentimes our creative community comes to know about issues kind of late in the game and protests things kind of late in the game and gets angry, but then nothing changes because we're too late to it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're protesting it when it's going to the governor's desk to sign. And at that point, it, it's long right. gone. And the boat is gone. Right. Yeah. If you want to get involved in something, it has to be when the bill is in committee a month and a half beforehand and or can be, be amended. Or the bill, bill is being introduced. Right. Or, or you be involved yeah. in drafting the language to introduce it. Because yeah. the thing that I learned that, you know, we have a Republican supermajority in the state and we have a, a very Democratic city council, which are, as everybody knows, are at odds all the time. <laughs> well, so uh, just speaking on that. Uh, the House of uh, the House of, yep. of the State of Tennessee, I think it was last night or Monday night, passed that they're going to reduce the size of Metro Council. Right. So now it's going to Senate and then potentially Governor Bill's Lee's desk. Yep. Right. Well, and, and and so there are so many things that they are going to disagree on and fight about. But the thing I learned that brings almost everyone together is music. Mm. And, and food. Uh, and food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. And you yeah, might say yeah. sports, too, but people still disagree on sports yeah, yeah. a lot. I, the, the things that we found out with producing our content, food, music, and adventure. Yeah. Those, mm. are, those are some of the three things that, that connect together. everybody. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so to me, there's an opportunity to continue to bring people together around music and the creative community and the creative working class. Because I saw it firsthand. I saw, you know, there was this big need for a presence at the at the Capitol and in uh, the city council where, where they're like, oh, yeah, we don't hear from the creative community that much. They don't get engaged because that much. When you have sessions, everyone is working. Right. Well, and it's <laughs> yeah. really it's really complicated <laughs> and it's really, you and know, all the creatives are busting their butts on the, on, totally. on the ground level yep. to, yeah. trying to trying to make their dollars. And so mm-hmm. some of the last things on their mind is uh, I need to go to the Capitol and talk about 
what I need. Right. They need what the creatives need are people that have a pulse on what's happening and can let them know early on how to get involved and specifically what to do to get involved. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, tweets and Instagram posts are certainly helpful at certain times, but But they can only go so far. Right. But letters to council and showing up to meetings, those are the things, a phone call, like I've seen more things get done from a few phone calls Mm -hmm. than can get done by a hundred social media posts. Yeah, like I've yep. seen, uh, even just in the, a recent version of this, is people in South Nashville, probably the same people who are against the stadium for the soccer stadium. Mm-hmm. They're they're complaining now, like, oh, our voices aren't being heard for the new Nissan stadium. It's like, y'all didn't show up to any meetings. Mm. And so there were like 36 meetings that were offered wow. to Nashvillians During speed. this time to, mm-hmm. to do that, but you know, if you don't, you're exactly right. If you don't attend, if there's not some representation from who you're trying to, uh, to the community that you're trying to speak for, you know, it's going to move on without you. Yeah. And, and, and I think the thing that I'm, I'm always very solution oriented for better or worse, but you know, it, I think it's easier sometimes to try to kill a bill or kill something that's happening than it is to do the work to like create the alternative to like mm. say this is what we really want and and yeah. I think that's what I'm trying to formulate right now for our com- creative community yeah because like you know there's so much money being spent on so many things that aren't supporting the creative community so okay right. how do we create something that that it can because right now that thing doesn't exist so right. no money goes there right right and so is, is the you know things like okay is would certain other things that are not being budgeted for as much as we want to, like public transportation, could that help that community? Mm-hmm. You know, affordable the, housing, yeah. things like that. Like especially those the ones that are artists, mm-hmm. uh, artist focused, like the, the Ryman Lofts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. so the Ryman Lofts, right? That's the, the the shining example and the only one that and it has like an eight year wait list. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so oh just right. Yeah, right. I, I, I applied to live <laughs> yeah. in Ryman Lofts like seven five. Well, and so there's like some there's some cool five years ago. Right, there's some cool solutions that are popping up. Like there's a a, a new nonprofit that just launched called Nashville Industry Fund, and they are uh, creating grants for the creative community to, for down payment assistance, mm-hmm. so that people That's can awesome. uh, can try to buy houses. Because wow. you know, when I moved here ten years ago, you it would, you could afford to buy a house uh, as a middle middle class artist. You right. can't right now. No. The the medium income doubled over the last two years to buy a house <laughs> here, right? Yeah. yeah. So we need to address that. You know, there. I know Jeff Syracuse has uh, been a big proponent of a of a public-private partnership for the future as a solution to drive funding towards things like buying historic venues or affordable housing, down payment assistance, grants, things like that, because it really needs to be funded. And you look at cities like Austin that are doing it, and, you know, they're putting tens of millions of dollars every year into these funds. Interesting. And that's what we need to be doing in order to like, you know, we can survey, we can assess problems, but we need to fund them. And that's the, you know, the thing that will hopefully be addressed over the next year or two. Speaking of Austin, you're going to be there next week. Yep. For South by Southwest. Yep. And you started a really cool thing. uh, And I can't remember what you called it, but it's basically like a live singer-songwriter session on a boat. Yeah, so it's called the New Nashville Riverboat Roadshow. That's a long nice. name. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> and, and really what it was, <clears throat> uh, like, I've been such a huge f- just fan of the music coming out of Nashville that 
isn't just the country music that everyone knows. The the rock, the R and B, the soul, the the folk. folk. <laughs> yeah, there, there's just so much good stuff, and um, and I you know I just have had the ability to produce shows and have done it over the years as an artist myself. And I thought, why can't we create a stage of rising Nashville artists at other festivals Mm -hmm. because they're going to be there already. So let's bring them together so people can really see what's happening. And we did this at South by Southwest uh, with our partners at Bose. Uh, Like five years ago, we started it and it just exploded. We got like 10,000 RSVPs for a hundred spots on this boat. Wow. And, That's amazing. and we've expanded That's better than the Ryman law. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe it's not an eight year wait. List. Yeah. I mean, it's not an eight year wait. List. It's more like a two hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've expanded this year. We're expanding. We went, we're going from one day with two boats to, uh, two days with five cruises and 20 wow. over 20 Nashville artists. Wow. Um, so that'll be next week. Logistically, yeah. that sounds like a mess. to <laughs> It's wild, but, uh, we've got a great team in place doing it. Yeah, yeah. We've got great artists, great sound. Um, it's good. It's going to be exhausting and a whole lot of fun. Now are those <laughs> tickets for like people that are paying for South by Southwest? Do they get access to the boats or do they have to buy their own? So tickets? here's the deal. It's entirely free. Wow. Oh, wow. So it's just, it's free. You have to RSVP and then you have to get there early. Yeah, yeah. So normally we've got a pretty giant line of people get on because also they eat and drink for free. Whoa. So we're like, we're just going to create this magical experience. Wow. Because originally people were like, you can't, you can't get people at South by Southwest to go into us, us one place for two or three hours at a time. Everyone wants to bounce around to the cool thing. I'm like, well, what if it's on a boat? So uh-huh. We get free beer and free tacos. I mean, I want to be on that. Yep. And that we like found a out nice, nice captive body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. the thing is, it's a cool little festival within a festival because the top deck of the boat um, has bands, and then when they change over, we have acoustic music on the oh, on the, wow. the lower deck. Yeah. At some point, I really want to do it here in Nashville. We let's just got to get the right boat size. So. <laughs> let's do this on a General Jackson. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh my yeah. gosh, that'd be amazing. It would be. That's if, the dream. It's if, it's a little expensive, not. but <laughs> if not, there's some boats I'm thinking of. Hendersonville. Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll just okay. get a membership with the Yacht Club in Nashville. <laughs> just start yeah. doing shows off of that. If anybody out there has a boat that they would like to start doing some shows on, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you know where to reach um, us. There's the Nashville Boat Club. That's what I meant. You could sign up for a membership. It's like a monthly membership of like $400 or $500, and you get access to all these different boats throughout Old Hickory Lake, Percy Priest. We're I think it's like, even Tim's We could do like a houseboat show. Oh, yeah, you yeah, get all yeah. the boats that uh-huh. come together, and maybe yeah. one the uh-huh. one, one pontoon is a go, stage. Go to a party cove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, yeah, the party cove by Long Beach. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, we're going to talk about All right. Okay, we're done with the podcast. I'm just kidding. I know some guys that could yeah. maybe film it, too. I'm making it pretty cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Live podcast from the, from from the boat. From the boat. Yeah. yeah, don't tempt us. <laughs> uh, Jamie, one one term that, that I saw on your website, uh, you said you use the term entrepreneurs. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what, is that, what does that mean to you uh, in the work that you've done kind of throughout your career? I think it's uh, it's always been. I actually studied entrepreneurship in college, and where did you go? I went to Babson College. It's okay. a, a small school in the Northeast. It's really 
almost entirely focused on entrepreneurship as well. Wow. Um, and I was definitely kind of the fish out of water there as the musician, but I always knew I wanted to manage my own career as an artist. And that really gave me the tools That's, uh, to, that was for, for that time, that was probably very different. Yeah. A lot of artists saw the, saw the, the path that they wanted to take. Yeah. Th <clears throat> back then it was, um, you know, I do, I have some gray, gray hairs in my beard. So it's, <laughs> it was a little while ago when I first started, but it was, uh, things like Kickstarter and mm -hmm. the, uh, Patreon, none of them existed. Mm -hmm. So it, you had to really get creative and think of your art as a business. And that's what I learned at school of like, okay, how can I think of this differently? And I was able to really build my career by approaching it like a small business mm -hmm. and partnering with brands like Bose early on and uh, trading, you know, my road dog show, like bring, bring sound equipment on the road with me in exchange for their amazing marketing arm and the things yeah. that I didn't have as an independent artist. And, and though that helped me build and I had to deal with Durango boots and it was very nice. similar where they put a CD in every pair of boots that they sold. And like, the, so we just had got creative that way. And that's kind of when I th started thinking of myself as a entrepreneur and, um, and I was lucky enough to you know, debut at like 16 on the billboard charts because of that. Um, have you, and have you trademarked that word? I haven't. No, I need to, I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't trademarked any of these things. It, it, yeah. Have you gotten any hat deals? Yeah. I, I, you know, I have a sort of informal hat deal with Bailey's, which is the one I'm wearing now where every couple of years they'll send me a few and I've got a big photo shoot. I, I, would, I, I mean, I love these them. Bailey's hats yeah. to be honest. Cause, uh, they, they, they want, they fit my, my weird shaped head. Um, <laughs> are they in Nashville? They're not, I think they're actually out of Pennsylvania originally, okay. but they are available for sale here okay. in Nashville. Okay. Um, but the thing that I love about them is they're crushable wool. So I learned very quickly being in a band van with a non-crushable expensive hat. You don't have like a nice little hook to put your hat on. Right. Oh, yeah. they, that, a guitar case ends up on it and your $300 hat is now toast. So oh. this hat can get crushed and bounces back or you can mm. even pack it in a suitcase if you need to. Wow. So yeah. that's the, there's the a, uh, there's a new custom hat maker here in town. Mm. And when we talked to them a few weeks ago, yeah, I immediately thought of you and I said, we need to get Jamie Kent here. Uh, I know we <laughs> do. <laughs> I do. Custom oh. leather hat. Don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> let's I, I let's unveil it here yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> I, I'm in. Amazing. Uh -huh. yeah, let's definitely set that up. Okay. Uh, so Jamie, the, um, with the entrepreneur, you also have a, a business that you own called BAM. Yep. And what's the defining words of that again? Because it's BAM. Oh, Band Ambassador Media Group. There we are. Yep. I was trying. To I was sitting here thinking. I was like, I can't remember that first word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. That that really uh, launched as an extension of my my music career and building brand partnerships with folks. And then it was helping other artists broker brand deals, um, brokering sponsorships at music festivals, creating activations for folks that were really music centered. Uh, and then through the pandemic and my work in advocacy, um, we started shifting into uh, really trying to innovate advocacy and creating um, really cool campaigns for folks. Because I, you know, I have some of the best uh, film and graphic design folks that are just like doing music videos for Willie Nelson and <laughs> like doing like like really cool stuff so then when you then 
create something for an advocacy campaign that looks so different from mm -hmm. anything that's been out there. It turns heads and people go, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, what is this? And we learned that like we can really take this uh, marketing approach rooted in music and apply it to causes to, to help drive uh, awareness for people in really unique and fun ways through music um, because, you know, we, we really found that so many creatives want to have their voice. The, the whole shut up and sing thing has really gotten old for people and they want to stand up and shout and about something that they believe in. And yeah. I feel like we can kind of help them structure that message in a way that's most productive and can actually get things done and not just yell out into an echo chamber of people that just agree with you. Uh, one of the things that I, I think during the pandemic for artists is that a lot of art, artists took a lot of agency over their own music one because so, you know there was limited things to do and so a lot of artists just got online and started making music a lot of people who weren't artists got online and started making music a lot of people just built a brand and then added music to it after they got big what are some of the things that you've seen that have stood out to you during this pandemic time of artists this the, the change in either artist development or artists, the, the change from labeled independent. What are some of the trends that you've seen that have really stood out to you during the past few years? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. From an artist perspective, I think that, you know, there's, there's been so many middlemen taking cuts in various ways that I think um, it, it's made it that an artist has to tour, like, to an exhausting level that detriments their health in order to make enough money to make it worthwhile, right? Um, so you've seen, like you said, a lot of artists take that control back. Um, I, I think that I've, I've noticed on the venue side, interestingly, a lot of venues have been shifting to a nonprofit model. Interesting. And, and especially on the small to mid-sized venue because it makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. th then they can offer workshops during the day. They can be, they suddenly become eligible for grant funding mm -hmm. and because the margins are so slim yeah. that, that when you have something like a pandemic or, um, you know, whatever that could happen that could just rattle the system, yeah. there's no room for error and people shut down. So this kind of gives them a buffer. And I think it's, it's a really cool and interesting model that I think is going to create sustainability mm -hmm. in that level of venue that kind of helps artists on the rise. That's are you, are you working with Jeff Syracuse on on the venue side of things too? Uh, I'm uh, helping advise best I can. Okay. Um, I know it's there's still a lot to be done there, mm -hmm. and he's got yep. some big big dreams, and I can't wait to help him yep. realize those in any way. Um, uh, I've worked a bunch with the Music Venue Alliance Nashville too. They're mm -hmm. doing some great things in this space. Um, you know, I, I I'm for me, I want to advocate for both the venues and the creatives that play in them. So, like trying to create whatever model that we do create can fund both of those things. I think is going to be yeah. really important, and I think it can really easily. Yeah. So after after the South by Southwest uh, experiences that you've built and you're coming back, um, it, it, do you think your your sole focus is going to be on creating that artist community? and developing a relationship with that community between the artists and the decision makers of the city and state to is that is that going to be kind of your, your focus after the after South by Southwest? Yeah, it's a, a big part of my focus. I mean, it's honestly it's a big part of my passion. I think that's really where it like uh, my, my everything else I do is like, you know, the, 
there's a million things that I've got going on all the time, but this is like where my heart is. And it's, I think that one of the biggest needs that our community has, like we have a um, mayoral and council elections coming up and I want to know where everybody stands on these things. Yeah, and I think that there's a real big opportunity to kind of really get this done and do it right. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's a, a giant part of my priority here. Um, and I'm also, you know, uh, I still am a huge, uh, passionate believer in creating smoke-free workplaces for my fellow artists too. And we've done it in Nashville and, um, we've gotten so many thank yous from artists and just even patrons that have gone and been like, Oh my God, finally. Um, and I'd love to, to help empower other artists in other cities in Tennessee to mm -hmm. do the same thing because it's still an issue in Memphis and in Knoxville. Um, and th those are obviously aren't where I live, but if I can lend our experience to them in any way and, and help empower them, I think that's, that's the key is just wanting to empower our creative community for whatever you are passionate about to direct that in a way that can be impactful. For me, it was that, that the venues and smoke-free environments is like one of my pers personal passions, and yeah. I directed that in that way, and now I want to help folks do that with whatever they're passionate because there's a lot of issues that folks are passionate about, and um, hopefully I've developed some <laughs> skills that can uh, be passed on. Yeah, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, well, dang, that's an issue that is, you know, a, an issue that can only be solved with uh, an act of signing of a pen with a government entity, and they're like, that's that's too much work for me to even thinking about getting involved in. Or do you see that that is a big roadblock for a lot of people, and just kind of an intimidation factor maybe? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I think that creating coalitions is a great way to uh, provide resources to folks um, and, like, playbooks to folks on, hey, if you want to get involved, here's the three steps to do this. Mm. And then here's another group of folks that want to do it so that our power combined will be greater. You know, I think our our smoke-free coalition can help provide those resources to people in other other cities, other cities yeah. for that specific issue, right? But I I, th I think that this co a coalition needs to exist on just advocating for the creative working class here in Nashville. Um, it is a burly undertaking, so if anyone else is out there and wants to to help me on that it's more than one person can do because it is a huge undertaking but i think that that we need a seat at the table um and that's the only way it's really going to happen is making some noise and doing it respectfully but so that when these economic development deals happen we say okay this is great you're coming here for the creative class what are you going to do to benefit the creative class now Imagine with this, they should have done with the new, it's too late to do anything now, but with, uh, with the, the new city council, they should have had uh, one, you know, they have their regular district members, their community at large members. And they have they should have creative, they should have use, a creative use. community representative mm. as a council member. Mm. Yeah. And I, so you know, I, amazing. you know, I think ultimately that's what the mayor's office is trying to do by creating the office of music, film and entertainment. Um, I think in the first couple of years, that person is probably just going to have to be surveying, creating a budget on how many more people they're going to need to hire because that's <laughs> more than one person can do. Right. Um, but I think that's the goal, right, is to have a, a music office. or And I know there's other folks that want to be advocating within film and TV and, and the arts in general, but um, music is our brand, and it is the reason... 
uh, you know, you look on the chamber's website and that's what the second line that they're advertising this creative culture, right? So, okay, this, that's what's attracting people here. So now we just got to make sure that we are supporting the thing that is attracting people here because otherwise people are going to be going to other cities. You look at uh, the showcases during South by Southwest, during Americana Fest, you'd be surprised at how many cities are presenting showcases. Mm. And you know why they are? Because they're trying to attract the creative class to move to Asheville, to move Mm. to Bentonville, Arkansas, to move to Huntsville, Alabama, all these places that are... uh, And then once the artist moves there, the developers move there. Right. Exactly. It is a chain reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think... Do you think Nashville can ever lose its branding as Music City? Ooh, that's a good. I, I mean, they, I don't think it can lose its branding, but I think the the strength of the brand is uh, at that crisis point over the next five years if it doesn't support it mm-hmm. and find ways to support and invest in its creative class here. Then, if, if those people start leaving. I mean, the industry will always be here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like um, Detroit is, you know, Detroit's Motor City, and they'll never lose that, but they've lost their soul of the city. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wait, the, yeah. And I think I, the the best way to think about it, right, like the industry will always be here. That engine will be rocking because it's great and it does what it does. But will Nashville remain a place that someone moves to with a dream and a guitar? And that's what I think is at the the risk of, uh, oh, the, I, the opportunities either aren't there or it's too expensive to risk, and I'm just going to have to be uh, working another job the entire time and I would spend a year here and then move back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when I moved here, that that dream was so strong and, and the pull was so strong. And you came here and it was this sense of community that everyone was in. It was a competitive community. Like we're all trying to get there first, yeah, but yeah. then we're looking to turn around and lift the next person up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that sentiment is shifting towards uh, feeling left behind. And I don't think it's too late. I think we can very much write that ship but we just have to be aware of it and we have to invest in it and we have to take those like bold steps forward to, to change that. Otherwise, if we just rely on the things that have always worked, I think that other places will start stealing from that brand. Hmm. Yep. I totally agree. Yep. Jamie, w- w- if people want to reach out to you, if they're feeling the same way, they're feeling pumped up, how can they uh, reach out to you and email you and say, yeah, I want to be part of this in some capacity. Awesome. I would absolutely love that. Um, the website for my company is thebamgroup.net, and I'm just jamie at thebamgroup.net. So hit me up on the email there. Um, I'm on all the social media platforms too. So if that's easier, just give me a follow and shoot me a message there. And uh, you know, let the let's let's create them this wave. Let's bring the momentum. The more people that are passionate about this and want to be involved, um, the more we can do. So awesome. Jamie, thank you for being on the show today. Really appreciate the conversation. Thank you guys for doing what you do and providing a voice to, to people like, like me and, and so many others in this town. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Nashville daily podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Nashville Daily Podcast. If you want to learn more, head to NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media at Explore.Nash on Instagram, Nashville Daily Podcast on YouTube, and Explore.Nash on YouTube as well. The Nashville Daily Podcast is an Explore LLC production, copyright 2023.